You are listening to SPN, the Sports Podcasting Network. Hey, wow, you know what? The imagination now. Everybody has changed. Now they're getting so uh, creative in terms of their thinking and what they can do. Man, it's, it's, this is the best I've seen. Yeah, when you jump that damn high, you got a lot of time to think. Up the floor, Reza dropped down. Kobe! Oh! Up high! Down hard! Kobe Bryant! Very deep, yeah. Blocked by LeBron! That basketball <laughs> will never be the same! So that now is entered the fray. And we are back. It's time to talk about basketball once again, Ben. And since the last time we talked, a lot of crazy things has happened. Yes, a big trade involving the Raptors with Sergi Baca coming to town. But first, I want to start with a different type of way before we get into the lineup. What's going on with Charles Hoakley and the Knicks? Apparently, everything <laughs> is fine. Okay, okay. I sure, don't know. sure. Have you seen the game last when he was literally kicked out, uh, beat up by security guards? It, it was what a scene. What a scene at Madison Square Garden. Well, the thing is, apparently, Charles Oakley was berating James Dolan for putting together a shit team. And then James Dolan had him handcuffed and kicked out by the security or arrested or whatever. And then subsequently banned from MSG. And in good James Dolan fashion, he banned uh, um, he banned Charles Oakley from MSG, and he fired the guy who kicked him out. <laughs> that's that, that, that's that's the kind of James Dolan lo- logic. I was uh, in New York actually last Sunday on the first game after these events, where um, the Knicks courageously beat the San Antonio Spurs in a beautiful game, and then like. James Dolan was having was making a statement. He had like several old players uh, with him sitting on the first row, and several players he had previously kicked out of the uh, of the Madison Square Garden uh, as a, as a way to show people that he's not a bad guy or whatever that he's not he's not he's not, he's not the guy we should uh, blame in this situation. But um, the next day or the day after. We had a uh, press uh, well, a press release by Adam Silver, president of the NBA, saying that he got um, he got James Dolan, Charles Oakley, and Michael Jordan in the same office, and now everybody's getting along. So the uh, <laughs> the principal got involved. Yes. Now everything is fine, except that Charles Oakley doesn't want to go back to MSG anymore because it is understandably humiliating for him. Well, yeah, but if it was any other character than Charles Oakley, it would be different too. If you've been following Charles Oakley on social media over the last few years, it's not the first bizarre incident that happens. Let's just put it this way. He's a very emotional person for the social media age where you have to compose yourself, where you have to show your best self on every communication. He's not wired like this, so he, he's prone he's prone to that sort of incident, unfortunately. Let's talk about the big trade this week. The ball has been started, and it was yes. the Raptors with a big trade. Serge Ibaka maybe to stop the bleeding in Toronto right now. They were on a losing skid, not top four for the first time this year, and there it was looking grim. And then they get Serge Ibaka. What was your first 
a reaction to that trade? I was not surprised. Um, I thought that if uh, if the Raptors were going to get a player, they would get a elite power forward, an elite four. So it would be either Paul Millsap or Serge Ibaka. And Ibaka had been had made it clear a couple uh, weeks earlier that he would not resign in Orlando because Orlando had no idea whatsoever what they were doing. And enters Masai Ujiri, a general manager and president of basketball operations of the Raptors. Masai Ujiri, if there's something about that guy, is that he doesn't like to make a trade unless he's absolutely winning. And then, like, he took uh, the disparate situation to turn Ibaka, who they paid a lot for, uh, into assets. And he offered um, Terrence Ross and the lower of their first round picks this year because they have their pick and um, the um, the Clippers pick. And the lower of these pick will go to Orlando. And that's very, very good considering that um, Orlando gave Victor Oladipo, Domantas Sabonis, and Ursan Eliasova for Sergio Baca like four months ago. So did the Raptors pay too much, or is it one of those Masai Ujiri trade where he's actually the winner in that trade? He's a I the the unique like like the 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 consensus on that trade is that the Raptors got away with murder there basically. Now I was talking yesterday to Pascal Jobin, who was the coach oh, of yeah. the Montreal Mat the coach of the Montreal Matrix. Uh, even before that, I remember him um, involved in, uh, I can't remember the name of the team, but he's been a, the, a famous name in Dragons. Montreal basketball. Yeah, the Dragons, but a uh, famous name in the basketball uh, Montreal scene. Uh, with Samuel Lalambert? Yeah, no, well, exactly. But I was talking to him and he's like, he's a coach, that guy. Like he's seen, like, he's seen a lot of the great Canadian uh, talent uh, blossom. And he's, he told me, Watch out for T. Ross, man. He's like, he's a young, talented, established uh, NBA player who had, who happened to have a redundant skill set for the Raptors because he's just basically a lesser version of DeMar DeRozan. And he says, watch out for him. He's 24 years old. He has been given an opportunity to matter in a new team. Is being given an opportunity to be a starter because probably now the light, the starting lineup will be Peyton, Fournier, Ross, Gordon, and Vucevic. And it's like, watch out for him. Like, he might surprise people. But right now, I think that the Raptors got instantly better and that they're going to, and that they're going to close the gap considering that Kevin Love is not healthy right now. They're, Dangerously yeah. closing the gap on the Cleveland Cavaliers for the first seat. What is it? Six weeks for Kevin Love or something like that? The the official version is six weeks. Um, the unofficial version is that he's gone for the season. Oh, I, oh, oh! That's a that's a big blow for the Cavaliers if that turns that out would to be, be true. That would be. Uh, that would be maybe the opportunity the Golden State Warriors were looking for. And while the way it looks with them and Durant and the way they are playing. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, another two other teams have traded, the Denver and Portland. What can you tell us about that trade? Yes. Um, basically, uh, both teams traded a problem 
but um, and for a potential solution. But um, Denver traded the bigger problem to uh, to Portland. So Denver, uh, like the, the trade fall, it goes like this: Portland traded center Mason Plumley and a second round pick to Denver for um, another center, Yusuf Durkic, who's a little younger, and a first rounder. So what uh, what uh, Portland is getting here? Um, first of all, the, the main thing is that they're getting rid of Mason Plumlee's looming extension. Mason Plumlee's at the end of his uh, rookie contract, and he is due. He's playing well, and he's due for a major pay bump. He's, he's due for a major pay raise, and it's not sure that Denver is going to give it to him. Depending how, on how it goes, he might just end up on the free agent market in this offseason. So, and they, what they get in return, they get, well, a first rounder, which is nice, but they get the first rounder because they get Yusuf Nurkic, who is very talented, but who was a bit of a problem for the locker room in Denver. And right now, if you look at the standing, Denver is standing on the edge of the playoffs. They are the eighth team right now uh, on the playoffs, and they're really, really looking to bolster their lineup. Uh, so they traded a bit of a rotten apple in the um, in the locker room, but Yusuf Nurkic kind of fills up two needs for um, the Trailblazers. He fills up a need for a presence in the post. He's a they call him the Bosnian beast. You know, um, one funny thing about Yusuf Nurkic is, is that his dad is seven foot four and four hundred pounds, and he's a riot cop. Jeez, I would not be. <laughs> I would not want to manifest close to him. They call him Papa Nurkic, and he is a very, very uh, imposing figure. So Yusuf Nurkic will have all the chances in the world to prove the Denver Nuggets wrong about him, which is going to be interesting because there's he's got a lot of talent. He's on a downward skid, but he, like the world, is still his. Uh, and Denver, they're getting they're getting a rotation contributor. Right now, Denver is in full Nikola Jokic mode. Basically, um, Yusuf Nurkic and Nikola Jokic were drafted the same year in 2014, and Jokic was uh, Jokic turned out to be a superstar, which who was drafted in the first round. Like he is one of the most unique big men in the game today. I think he got the I think when the, when the Denver beat Golden State, he had like 20, 17 points, 21 rebounds, and 12 assists. I mean, what kind of stat line is that, right? And they get Mason Plumlee to go along with him, who who will keep up, uh, will, will, will get rebounds, will defend the rim when Nikola Jokic is on the bench, will, who will, do, uh, will finish on offense, will do defensive work. I like... I like Mason Plumlee in Denver. I don't see how they're a long-term fit, though. But um, they got they got better for a playoff push right now. I'm still stuck on that seven foot four, four hundred pound guy. Yeah, I say you say his name is Papa. I'll call him Daddy anytime. Uh, Google him. You guys at home, if you listen to me, Google him. Like Yusuf Nurkic's dad. There's there are some photos of him on uh, on uh, Google. He is absolutely enormous. <laughs> That's very 
very scary. Speaking of scary, this is a trade proposal that could happen. It, it's like a rumor. It's the chatter right now. Jimmy Butler to Boston, and on another trade, you will have Jahil Okafor to New Orleans. New Orleans, the talk of the town right now, the host of the All-Star Game just a few days yes. from now. Oh, but what can you tell us about those two rumors of two trades? They, the the biggest rumor right now, and like I got a little bit of insider info in this, is that um, the only team that um, that Chicago is willing to trade Jimmy Butler to is Boston because Boston has the pieces they want. Boston have a lot. Boston have a lot of assets. They can overpay for anyone really. There's no there's no one that Boston cannot mount a trade for. It's been a long time. We've been seeing it for many many uh, uh, weeks on this podcast. Like it's bound to happen. But apparently there's really a, a really problematic situation with Butler in Chicago since uh, Dwayne Wade arrived. Uh, Dwayne Wade was supposed to be a leader and a veteran presence in the locker room. And apparently it's not working, it's not working at all right now. Apparently he turned Jimmy Butler against his locker room and that it's these two guys against everybody else. Um, I was listening to Nick Friedel from uh, from Chicago in another podcast saying that Doug McDermott in Boston, which is who is the definition of a role player, but he's a good kid. He works really hard. Who 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 basically is Jimmy Butler's shadow, and uh, he he does what Jimmy does. He trains where Jimmy trains. He he wants he follows Jimmy wherever he goes in order to keep up with him. And Doug McDermott and Jimmy Butler are in very bad term, apparently, since Dwayne Wade came in. And Chicago is wondering if they should not push the self-destruct button with him. Um, It's funny because both teams are playing against each other right now on TNT. I have it in the background oh. when we're talking about it. It's kind of hilarious because you see Butler actually not going all, all out. So it's very interesting. I think... Uh, I think... Boston will absolutely crush them tonight. Boston is like 10 wins out of 11 last games. Uh, they're in absolute kill mode. And they are they are the team, the better placed for the future in the NBA since they have the prohibitive first-round pick in this year's draft. And uh, I I think that Jimmy Butler is getting to be a problem uh, in, in, uh, in, uh, in Chicago and that... They're eventually going to push the button because I don't think he's the best player on the championship team. Yeah, on the championship I'll, team, he's like second or third down in the pecking order, but that would make him like a better contributor because if he's not the first guy, well, it might mean that he has more looks throughout the game because it's not going to be double team all the time. Pretty much. Um, as far as New Orleans is uh, involved, they are looking to pair up Anthony Davis with a offensive-minded center. Now, that doesn't make much sense to me because Anthony Davis is pretty much the definition of an NBA uh, small ball center. He's 6'11", he's super athletic, he can shoot, he can do whatever you want. Which leads me to think that Anthony Davis probably doesn't want to play five. He doesn't want to play, he doesn't want to be a center. So they're looking to get someone to feed him the ball in a post or someone to get the pressure off him in the post. There are two names mentioned in New Orleans. There's Jalil Okafor from, uh, 
from Philadelphia, and there's Brooke Lopez in New York. Um, Jalal Okafor, last week the, the trade was almost done, but uh, apparently um, Brian Colangelo like tried to wrench the pressure and extract Drew Holiday back from New Orleans. Like if you guys remember, Drew Holiday was traded to New Orleans uh, against two first-round picks, which ended up being, if I'm not mistaken, Nerlens Noel and um, Dario Saric. And now he he wanted to. Now Brian Colangelo wanted him back. Uh, the, the, the transaction would have been Jaleloko for uh, for Alexis Agensa, a first rounder, and then like um, and then uh, um, Drew Holiday would have been added somehow, which would be a tremendous addition for the 76ers. Uh, apparently, uh, uh, New Orleans walked away from the uh, trade table and. Uh, the Nets came in, but the Nets want two first rounder for Brook Lopez, which is insane. That's way, so, way too much. That's way, way too much. I'm not a fan of. I'm not a fan of giving two first rounder for Brook Lopez. One, maybe two, not, not at all. I'm not a fan of giving two first rounders for anybody, let alone Brook Lopez. Like, all right, I would think about it if it's like a top five players in the league. But outside of that, two first rounder, yeah, I'm not gonna say yes to that. Uh, even a guy like Paul George, like Paul George. Is rumored to be on the trading block because apparently he wouldn't resign with uh, the Pacers. I mean, you get me an occasion to have Paul George for at least two years. I'm thinking about giving two first rounder, but Brook Lopez, uh-uh, not so much. So there's one week from now uh, to the NBA trade deadline. Keep that in mind, guys. Keep that uh, Jalen Okafor and Brook Lopez in New Orleans. New Orleans is bound to make a trade. They're a team that needs to make one. And something's going to happen. You know what's crazy? We talk about this often, how the NBA has done does a lot of stuff like correctly. And the fact that a trade deadline is just like a week removed from the All-Star game where many uh, general many uh, general manager will be in town, will we'll mingle, will get to rub shoulders and get to talk about trades that it's mm-hmm. possible. So I think it's kind of uh, very well thought of the way they do this, the timetable, the timeline of it. Absolutely, I think I think it's one of these things that the NBA did better than the others, uh, is that they, they 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 simplified the calendar for everybody involved. Speaking of things that the NBA does well, this is a conversation that I usually have about all All Star games in every sport. What are your thoughts on the All-Star game, the East-West format, or uh, the difference year-to-year? What do you think about the All-Star game? Is it something that gets you excited? Would you change the format? Would you maybe do a international basketball is a lot more in vogue right now than before? Would you go U.S. against the world or something we've seen in other sports? Uh, What would you do with the All-Star game if you were Mr. Silverman? I think I I think that U.S. versus the world still doesn't work. The uh, Rising Star Challenge on Friday night, which will be tomorrow, is uh, the, it pits the rookie and sophomore players at, against one another, where it's U.S.A. versus the world. Still boring. It still it still doesn't lead uh, <laughs> to anything. The only, the only interesting thing about it is that they're all young players and they all talk shit during the game. And they're all mic'd up because it's the All-Star Weekend. That's that's the only interesting thing about it. Um, I like I like what they do in soccer. I like what they do in the MLS. Um, they get they get the best players in the league to play the best players in another league. 
like like uh, I think um, I think they played Tottenham last year yeah, uh, in the MLS. Yeah, and this year they're gonna probably play a very big team from Spain. I cannot necessarily reveal who it is, but there's a lot of talks oh. that it could be one of the top three teams in Spain that plays. Oh, uh, I like that. Also. I like that. No, I think last year was Arsenal, was it? Uh, I think it was Arsenal last year, yes. Yeah, Ars- it was Arsenal and it was Tottenham two, the year, two years the year ago, before. Yeah. yeah. And I like that format. It's It's more interesting, but the problem about basketball is that we all know that the U.S. is much better than everybody else. And that the best European players are playing in the NBA anyway. So that's a problem. Um, I don't know, honestly. It's a PR event, right? It's it's made for the fans to meet the players. It's made for it's made to be fun. It's made to be accessible. Uh, I don't think the players like it. Uh, and Carmelo Anthony was recently named on the All-Star team in order to replace Kevin Love, and he was like, oh, "I could have used a break," uh, but I don't know. I would keep it. Uh, I would definitely change the formula. Uh, but like I told you a couple of weeks ago, the only thing that matters in the NBA All-Star Weekend are the three-point contest and the dunk contest. The rest are just time fillers and like. Just a weekend for everyone to have a good time. Just a weekend for corporate partners and advertisers, pretty much. Pretty much. I think it was. I'm re- I'm li- I'm reading the um, the George Carl book uh, right now, and uh, George Carl is an ex NBA coach who was uh, who had won over a thousand games with the Warriors, the Cavs, the Bucks, the Seattle Sonics. He was a coach of the Gary Payton. Uh, Sean Kemp, Seattle Sonics era. He was a coach in the uh, Ray Allen Bucks era. And he was saying that it was the thing in the um, in the All-Star game that surprised it. Everything is sponsored. It's made for the sponsors. It's made to make the sponsors happy, the All-Stars weekend. Like, nobody else really cares. Uh, pretty much. And that's pretty much why the All-Star game exists now in pretty much every sports. And that is the I, main I reason. So. Yeah. Uh, Pros- wait, wait, wait. I had... Um, it's true. I forgot that um, Adam Silver proposed to replace the All-Star game, I think, two years ago with a mid-season tournament like they do in soccer. Like a I cup? It was a like the NBA Cup? A three-on-three. Yes. How about a three-on-three three tournament? It would be brilliant. It would be absolutely brilliant. NBA and street Adam, style. If Adam Silver wants to do it, I'm 100% behind him. I think, and I think, like, it would be, I think, like, the 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 winner of this NBA Cup would like qualify for a playoff seed or could play like a knockout game for a playoff seed if they don't qualify. I like the idea. It's it would be a lot more fun no, than I, an All Star Weekend. Here's an idea: the cup is just for money. They win ten million, twenty million. That they get the split, but between the players who played, because that that would be imagine the that would be more important than the actual season. That would be that would make the greatest Instagram posts ever with like players like flashing wads of money they won in the NBA Cup tournament. I love it, and uh, you know, exactly that would be amazing. All right, to finish the show, the tradition prospect of the week, Mr. Robert Williams, not a singer, not an actor, but a basketball player from Texas AM. Yes, uh. 
but uh, it, it, Robert Williams was not on everybody's radar on anybody's radar when the season started, but he revealed to be a force on the Texas A&M roster. And in the latest Draft Express mock draft, he was uh, ranked 13 overall. Who is Robert Williams? He's a 6'9", I think, or 6'10", um, power forward. He's a big athletic guy who can and uh, run the floor. He is pretty raw offensively. I mean, he's bouncing all over the place. He's trying a lot of stuff. Not a lot of stuff always gets in, but he's one of these guys that just moves faster and smoother than his opponents. Um, I was listening to, uh, I was watching the game, I guess, Arizona the other day, and it was playing Laurie Markkanen. Laurie Markkanen is, um, is, um, rumored to go in the draft like I, I think like six or seven he is uh, he is a seven foot uh, power forward who can shoot threes and robert williams torched him on defense like he looked bigger stronger faster he made mark cannon dance uh the, the like he made he made um mark cannon tap dance like andrew bargnani in his good years on defense uh it was it was ridiculous um robert williams will not be ready. Like, he will not make an impact on his first year in the NBA, but at, if he's get drafted on a shrewd team that knows how to handle its talent and develop its guys, he could become really, really good. He could become, he could become a starter in the NBA. Like, he has, he, has that, uh, he has that talent. Like, he could become not Paul Millsap, because Paul Millsap is... What, what makes Paul Millsap great is not his skill set is his, is his yeah. IQ mm -hmm. but and we don't know that Robert Williams has this IQ yet but I could see I could see Robert Williams becoming uh, an amazing an amazing player like I like a long tenured starter in the NBA uh, and that is not too shabby sometimes we always talk about development and uh, upcoming like number one draft pick or mm -hmm. top 10 draft pick as oh he's not that good like he didn't win the best player in the league or anything it's he's a failure mm -hmm. no if you turn out to be a starting player or even just a rotation player but you still get to play professional basketball hey you made it in my books it, you do and like a lot of player like what's what's really complicated and uh, understated with the ncaa is that a lot of guys are not even there to win they're there to showcase their abilities they're 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 there to show the scouts what they can do on a basketball court their end game is the nba I don't know if Robert Williams is one of these kids, but um, he's really showing a lot of lot of good stuff. Like a lot of scouts are in love with him. All right, so it's All Star Weekend, Ben. We'll uh, keep an eye on what's going on in Nolens and uh, yes. as a city that you have been in the last few weeks, I yes. probably know that you feel that we're going to have a good time at the All Star Game this weekend. Oh yeah, like everybody's gonna have fun. That's for sure. And uh, stay safe, everybody in Nolens. It's going to be quite a weekend. And until next time, have a great basketball. Yes. You were listening to SPN, the Sports Podcasting Network. Visit us, sportspodcastingnetwork.com.